Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Lab Series podcast. I'm life and confidence coach, Audrey Diaz-Robles. And I'm your life and business coach, Sabrina Castillo. So Sabrina, you and I were just talking off the air about what it takes to achieve a goal. And as you know, one of my favorite books that we also talked about last year when we were doing the Dream Lab Collective Community is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And if this isn't a book you've read yet, it's a book that you definitely want to pick up. Now, James looked at what it takes to achieve huge goals from athletes to business people to just regular people trying to change their lives. And he realized that it's not just about saying, let's say you want to lose you know, 10 pounds. It's not just about saying, okay, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to work out and I'm going to work out at this time. I'm going to do this. What it actually takes to achieve the goal is to start to think of yourself as that person who's already achieved it. And I think that that's where most of us get hung up, right? Yeah. It's, it's a process of becoming who you need to become, right? Uh, I, I was just sharing this with a friend about languages. They're like, oh, I wish I could learn another language. And I was like, why can't you, right? Mm. There's a part of us who doesn't see us as learning new things anymore because we're either older or somehow that time has passed. And because you have that belief, odds are you're not. But let's say you even commit to that and you say, I'm going to learn a new language. Like I want to learn Italian. I think in this case, they wanted to learn, um, what did they want to learn? I don't remember. It was, it was a couple of months ago that we had this conversation. What I really told them was it's not about, oh, I wish I could or I'm going to. It's more of like, who are you in that process, right? So are you a person who's willing to commit like an hour a week to listen to audio tapes that's going to teach you a new language? And can you commit to doing that over the course of the time? And before you know it, you will have achieved your goal, but you're not really focused on the goal anymore because it's not a wish anymore. You're just focused on the type of person that does this kind of commitment to themselves, right? And how do you become that person? And how do you really step into what it is, which really boils down to, do you believe that you could become a different person and create a new identity for yourself? You know what's been on my mind a lot this week? How so much of what we do, don't do, believe, or don't believe is just tied up into how we think about it. And once we let go of all these expectations that we really put on ourselves, then we just, we're just free to be who we want to be and do what we want to do. So, you know, the last two episodes of this podcast, I've been talking to you guys about my dancing journey this fun I'm creating for myself and my life Are you a dancer now? now? Do you identify as a dancer? Yes, I am a dancer. Yo soy una salsera. And I realized, like, I had this breakthrough. And, you know, sometimes it's okay to give yourself that permission to mess up and be okay with realizing, like, you know what? My mindset hasn't been in the right place. Because even me, that I do this podcast and I show up on social media preaching about what you need to do every day to become a better person. Even I mess up sometimes and that's okay. So I've realized that I have been so intimidated by this dancing process because let me give you a little bit of a background. My parents are dancers. So there's a difference in salsa between dancing on one and dancing on two, which is just like the beat to the music and the steps. 
And my parents grew up dancing on two. And I always heard from them, oh, this person doesn't know how to dance. And that person doesn't know how to dance when it comes to like going to a party and seeing people dancing. And in my head, that created the belief like, well, if I don't know how to dance on two, then I'm never going to learn to dance. So I just never learned to dance. So right. Like, and then now that I made this goal for myself, my story has been like, I'm not a good dancer. So I showed up with that belief to classes and I found it more intimidating than I even realized, right? Because we don't even realize sometimes how deeply ingrained our thoughts are and how they get in our own way. Like to me, I'm like, I'm showing up, I'm doing the work, but what was the story I was telling myself yeah. as I was showing up to class? And I want to put some insight into that that those are blocks Mm -hmm. and I'm glad you're sharing this story because I was having this conversation with a client yesterday about blocks and this idea that sometimes we're like oh I don't know what my blocks are and I don't know what my limiting beliefs are I was one of those people that right there is a limiting belief right that lack of belief that belief that you had that you're not a good dancer right Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to to take this opportunity to let people know, like, that's what blocks look like. They're so ingrained in us. Sometimes we don't recognize them. We accept them as truth. We just think those are things that are kind of like gravity, right? right? Can't change gravity. We think of, well, that is what it is. Right. So because we've been told or heard it, or like you said, heard something. And then we found some truth in that for ourselves. And we accepted that for ourselves. It's funny, uh, and this like is like a whole tangent, but that's how I felt about my trip to France because I've had opportunities to go in the past, and I made up an excuse for myself like, oh, I can't because of the kids, I can't because of that. But this time, when I was invited, I thought to myself, you know what? Why can't I go? And I worked it out, and I went. So, with the dancing, this it took me a whole month, <laughs> a whole month to have patience with yourself. To think to myself, you know what? I'm the one who's told myself I'm not the dance. I'm not a dancer. I'm the one who's told myself I can't do this. And on Monday, I showed up to my class in a cute outfit, and I told myself I'm going to smile because yo soy una salsera, and I'm going to have such an amazing time dancing. And I did. It's interesting you hear you say that because I was as you're talking, I'm like, okay, if I wanted to dance, right? What would I have to believe? And the only thing that I could really borrow is thoughts, right? Because I do that a lot when I want to do something. I'm like, okay, what do I, where do I see myself? And if I was to identify as that, what kind of thoughts would I have? And as you're kind of telling that story, I'm like, oh, well, a person who dances well, right? Like, well, what I always see from the outside is they're having fun. They're Mm -hmm. smiling. They look cute. And it's so interesting Mm -hmm. that you said those things because it means you're starting to embody that. And, yes. and in embodying new traits of yourself are not always comfortable hmm. because it's like trying something on new, right? You don't really know what it's going to look like. You don't really know if this is your style, even though it fits. You ever um, been a person or met somebody? I, I wear red lipstick. So I've had a lot of people tell me like, oh, I could never wear red lipstick. And I'm like, why not? Like, yeah. Why not? And the red lipstick would look good on you, but you have a thought about how that red lipstick makes you look. But what do you associate it with? What do you associate it with? But I even venture out to say that whatever you associate it with means 
there's some judgment there and that's okay. We all judge. Um, But it also means that because you had those judgments, you're going to think people are imposing them on you. Right. And then that's, that's part of it. Right. Like, and as kids and as we were growing up, some of it you have put in yourself, right. Some of them have been thoughts that you believe, but some of them have been told to you. And you've been either ridiculed or someone's told you you're not good at something. All, all of those are valid and true. What we want to lend to you is that you get to decide what your identity is. You get to decide who you want to show up as in this world. You know, there's it's really controversial because you and I have even gone back and forth on this. The phrase, fake it till you make it. Oh, I'm working on a reel about that. You're going to love it. So I'm actually a fan of fake it till you make it. And, but when you say fake it till you make it, I, it, to me, it doesn't mean just completely BS your way through something, Yeah. but to choose how you want to show up in the, in the world and go there. So when I wake up in the morning, I think to myself, what is my intention for this day? How do I want to show up? How do I want to be perceived? How do I want to feel? And then I choose that we underestimate so much the power that we have to choose our thoughts and act out on those yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And Audrey says um, controversy because I'm actually, there's a lot that I've changed over the past couple of years. And a lot of it has been my thoughts. So for example, horoscopes, I mean, yeah, I'm a cancer and I'm romantic and all this, but these are all choices. And there's some things that I've changed about my sign that I'm like, "Mm, that's not really me anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, cancers are codependent. I've been working Mm -hmm. on my codependency. So I'm not that codependent anymore. And over time, I won't be a code. I won't identify as a codependent person, right? Because honestly, it just doesn't serve me. Right. The process you just mentioned, though, is real, right? We get to choose them. The reason why I'm not a fan of fake it to make it is because I lived that way for a really really long time. And I thought that I I started to believe like, oh, the only way that I could really show up somewhere is if I fake it, even if I don't know. And if I don't know, I can't let anyone know I don't know, which means I'm not asking for help. I'm not asking for support. And I feel inferior when I don't know something, right? So like, you and I internalize things very differently. So for me, that's kind of how I internalized it. But when I choose a thought now, it's very conscious, right? And not only am I choosing it to live it, I have to choose it and practice to believe it, right? So before, for me, um, it's the same process you just mentioned, but in my thought before, I'm like, okay, if I want to be confident, I just have to fake being confident. And I've done that a hundred times in my life. This is why I'm comfortable in public speaking. I kind of faked my way through that. The first time as a publicist that I had to walk someone on a red carpet, an A-level celebrity who they were like, have you done this before? I said, yes, I had not. Mm -hmm. I had never even been on a red carpet. (laughs) (laughs) But guess what? I did it. I, I envisioned myself. I knew, I don't know where I kind of got these tactics in the past from. Actually, no, you, you see, even that, it's a limiting belief. I do know how. I played volleyball and we had a coach who used to teach us how to envision our games and how we were going to mm. show up as players. And so I probably took a lot of that with me as I kind of got older. So I envisioned a, 
like a character, almost like I know I have to pull this person, wrangle this person. I knew some things about publicity, right? Like it's what I studied and what I did. But there are some people who would have been like, no, I've never done this before and I can't do it. I took it as like, yeah, I know how to do this. And because I believed it, but I also faked it, right? Part of me, part of me faked it. And that's sort of the belief that I don't want to embody because I did exactly what you mentioned, but instead of me internalizing that as like, wow, I can do it. I internalized like, why I'm a good faker. And now I have this whole Uh, belief about myself. You see what I'm saying? Now I have this whole belief about myself that the only way I know how to do things is if I lie and fake. Lie your way through it. Yeah. I mean, it Mm -hmm. really messed with me in my 20s. You know, it's kind of like me telling myself I'm a salsera. But you believe it, so it's not a lie. You know, but that's, I think it's like equivalent, but like you said, you internalized that you were this liar. Yeah, I did. Like, I can look at this and I'm like, am I out there just killing it on the dance floor? (laughs) No. (laughs) But I can show up and I'm putting in the work. Yes. You know, I am showing up for myself mentally and physically so that I know one day. And again, it's the power of our thoughts. Yeah, and that's where it starts. And that's what gives us the ability to go through because I think that so many times, one of the things that I pride myself in Sabrina, is that I sometimes I have conversations with people and I hear them say things. And when we get into a conversation about it, when they're like, Oh, but you know, I'm scared of what this person's gonna think. And like, what if this doesn't turn out right? Or how am I? E- I don't know how I'm gonna do that. That is those are thoughts that I never have. And I'm grateful for that. My thoughts always revolve around, okay, this needs to be done. It's going to be difficult, but how can I do that? So I'm always focused on like, how can I stretch myself? How can I expand myself instead of having beliefs that are going to constrict me into feeling like I'm just pigeonholed into this place that I'm never going to get out of. And just for anyone who first you, you listen to our podcast, but maybe you don't follow us. I'm just going to give you a little breakdown of what Audrey just said. So see, when you say that, I, I can clearly see that. So Audrey is a high achiever. And when she becomes obsessed with something, she needs to do it right and learn it. And my assumption of you is that everything that you do, you need to do right. <laughs> right. I these these were like my thoughts before I kind of faked my way through my achievement one of the things that people don't know about me and are always surprised to hear is I did not get good grades growing up but I knew how to show up as a person who got good grades meaning that I was always very respectful I was always very well spoken I could always sound like I was talking about but what people didn't know is that I was always like my parents were always struggling with me I mean I think I was going to fail sixth grade this is why any parent who shares like their kids struggling, I'm like, I know what that feels like. <laughs> but no one ever knew I got bad grades, including my classmates. Unless it was posted somewhere, no one ever really expected me to have bad grades because I was always, I knew where to excel to stand out. Public speaking was one of those. So that's sort of how I am. So part of me growing up did feel like maybe I'm not smart enough. And so when I started, when I do fake it, I never thought like, oh, wow, I'm actually smart enough to figure this out. I always thought like, 
I can't let people know what I'm that I don't know what I'm doing, right? Because then I got by by the skin of your teeth. Yeah, because I got (laughs) by by the skin of my teeth. My whole life, I got by by the skin of my teeth. So it's believing. And now I know that when I show up that way, when I show up with the mentality of fake it till you make it, it makes me feel like I'm not smart enough. And that's why I had to really put that thought almost to bed, right? Like I had, I made peace with it. And that's a whole another episode of how to make peace with your past thoughts, with your past mistakes, with how you internalize them. All, all of that has to be part of the process. But once I made the peace in that, I was like, okay, but I know how to believe. Like that's, mm-hmm. a, that's like one of my skills. I know how to believe in the impossible. And I'm willing to show up as a person. And so a person who believes in themselves, how do, what do they feel? They feel excited. They feel like other people can believe in them. And so I started to kind of shift away from that. But it's, I love that you and I are very different in the way that we approach things, right? Like I actually always, the only reason why I cared that I wasn't getting good grades was because my mom was disappointed, but I never strived to be an A plus student. In fact, that's something that my husband and I sometimes argue about. He's like, oh, I want them to feel proud about getting a hundred. I'm like, I don't really care if they get a hundred. It's so interesting because you and I are both Enneagram threes. And if you guys look up what the Enneagram is, it's kind of like this personality thing that helps you figure out what drives you, what you look like when you're healthy or unhealthy. And I think the core of it for both of us is to like win and be good at things. But it's funny how we both approach it differently. Yeah. Yes. I always want to win. I always want to win. (laughs) (laughs) I just always used to say like, I will win. And I feel like a winner, even if I didn't, because I'll just make it look like I won. Like, mm-hmm. these are some thoughts I used to have. I had a very, um, I mean, some of it had to do because I did grow up with a lot of self-esteem. So I didn't look for worth in my grades. I never thought that if I didn't get grades, I wasn't going to be successful. Like, I already knew I was going to be successful. That was just a thought and a belief that I had, regardless well, of what yeah. I was going to do. To me, it's tied to my self-worth. Hello, first-gen Latinas. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it was more like, actually, it's me, right? Like, I know people are attracted to what I have to say and how I communicate. I think I have really good communicating skills. Some of it, most of it has to do with the way my mother communicated. And and she made it a priority to communicate as a family and bringing communication into our family. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting. But what's really interesting is shifting from that and creating an identity for yourself. And so for a long time, not only did I thought that of myself, right, but like I actually did those things. I took on projects I couldn't do and I would feel uncomfortable when I couldn't do them. But I would also lie when I couldn't because I couldn't ask for help. And so it didn't always serve me. And then I had to think about, okay, who do I want to become? And now I love saying, I actually don't know how to do that. I'm not good at that. And I don't know how to do that. Right. I think so really, yeah, a a really important part of growth is to be able to also change your identity. Yeah. You, You are not forever tied down to the identity that served you in one area of your life in one season of your life. 
if something doesn't serve you anymore, you are allowed to change it. And the only person who you need that permission from is yourself. Yeah. So I didn't grow up in the New York area, right? I didn't grow up here. And so I moved for college and I moved after college. So a lot of my circle, a lot of my circle is, I don't want to say handpicked, but it's a, it's a, it's a reality that I've created, right? I love all my friends. I've had them since I was in college. So I don't really have circles who don't support me because as an adult, I've intentionally created very specific circles, right? And from a very young age, probably because I left high school and I kind of left friends behind, I actually don't necessarily feel sad stopping to talk to people if they're not serving me. I know that might sound I used to think it sounded selfish and now I just knew it's like a way for me to like keep boundaries. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I would say right now, like 99.9% of my circle, like I, everybody's like good. And even then recently, very close friends of mine had me like, you have really changed. And because I know I have changed and because I you know have. it's very intentional my response is usually, I have a lot, right? Where in the past, if someone told me I've really changed, if it if you're if someone tells you you've changed and it's not intentional, it could be triggering. But when you've created this person, right? When you really want to become someone different because you know it's going to serve you better, you're going to live happier, you're going to be able to just do things better. When people who love you and tell you you've changed. That, that's generally been my response lately. Like, I, yeah, I have. Now, um, the really interesting part is they're like, what made you change? And that part, I still don't have a clear answer all the time. I just know that that's always been part of, I've always been in pursuit of being the best person I can be. Yeah. I think one of the worst things that people could ever say is just, that's just the way I am. Yeah. And Such I a disservice to yourself such a disservice to yourself and it's just so freeing to be able to say that I decide who I am and the only person that needs to be happy with who I am is me yeah I mean you and I have known each other for a long time but I think we've been close for the past five or six years and you and I have both changed and we're evolving continue Mm -hmm. to evolve but it's a very conscious decision and I want to share that there is a process there is a process to changing and not only is there a process to changing but it requires a few elements one your circle right and I don't mean just your friends or your family I mean like really picking to be around like-minded women who want different the same thing with you and for you. And everybody who doesn't want that from you doesn't mean they're bad, right? It just means that you're intentionally seeking the support that you need. And that's a big part of it. It takes a period of isolation, to be honest. It does. You need to create a container for that growth. And your surroundings have to change and your circle, and your diet, and by diet, it's not just food, but everything you consume, what you're feeding, your mind, the thoughts that you're allowing into your mind, all of that, all everything that feeds you needs yeah. to be able to change, so 
we all we always hear this about women that they say that as they enter their 40s and 50s that they love that period of their life because then they don't care anymore about other people's opinions but <laughs> there's a danger in that that you could just grow older and more jaded yeah or you can grow older and more intentional about yeah. your life very intentional and in that process of you're talking about isolation, for me, the hardest part of that wasn't being isolated, right? Like I'm still talking to people and you could see if, if this is different for you, but it, for me, it was almost like isolated in like a mental box, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to understand what is it that I'm thinking. I'm starting to become aware. When you become aware, <laughs> there's a whole nother process that happens there that I had a really hard time with, which is opening your eyes to who you've been and where you want to go and how that gap can really feel like a ton of bricks on top of you because you don't really know how to manage that. But the biggest piece for me was forgiveness, like forgiving myself for everything that I felt contributed to me quote unquote, not being where I want to be, right? Taking responsibility. Yeah. And that, but also nobody talks enough about the mourning period as you transition. You are grieving this older version of yourself, the thoughts that you had, maybe even the friendships that you had at that point. And being at peace, like you said, the forgiving yourself for during this process for learning like it's okay to move on yeah it's okay to move on and because what is that other saying that people love to say like oh and just I am who I am and take me as I as I am right (laughs) well it's funny because I have two Jay-Z's lines stuck in my head right now number one is either love me or leave me alone wrong (laughs) yeah (laughs) but the second is you design yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. And I'd rather hold on to that one. Yeah. So this I am who I am or like what was the other one? Love me or leave me is not really, it doesn't really serve you. You can't really be the same person your whole entire life. You're not the same person you were when you were a child. You're not the same person when you were a young adult. But a lot of those, a lot of what contributed to who you were was your surrounding. And it was difficult for you to get control of that. But as an adult, as a grown woman, I'm here to tell you, you get to choose who you are. So if you want to feel loved, you get to feel loved. If you want to feel supported, you get to feel supported. If you want to feel that you have choices, you get to have that. And it doesn't happen overnight. The, the kind of journeys that Audrey and I are talking about, we're, we're talking about six years plus right now. And Audrey, I think, going on 10 nine, or so. Yeah, nine. nine years now, yeah. So when you hear us talk about a journey and if there's anything that triggers you or if you feel like, I just want to feel that, know that there is a beginning stage and it's not easy. But it's no. worth it. It's, it's worth it. And it's worth exploring it's worth starting and the first thing that I would do is start talking to like-minded women and then it starts to evolve because you start to really become aware and you want to understand how to kind of really develop that 
But the one thing I wish I would have known is what it would have been like to work in a closed container or with a coach, right? And how a coach can speed up this process, not because they're giving you the answers, but because they're really putting your mind into a perspective that it wasn't really going to get to on its own for probably a couple of years. Yeah. Right. If if you think back to like, for example, my, my salsa story, what if I had a coach at that moment that said to me, so you are saying that you're not a dancer, right? So are you saying that your mindset is getting in your own way right now? Then I would right. have been like, oh, and maybe I would have been a salsera from week two. <laughs> right. Well, you're going to show up. I mean, when you show up to anything where it's fun, you're going to do better. This idea that like things are not supposed to be fun. I, you know, I, I know that a lot of our parents didn't get to have fun as adults. Mm-hmm. And so we have somehow inherited that, but that's not true. Like, we're not meant to not have fun. So learning something new as hard as it can be can also be fun and, and so forth. You know, the the point of a coach is that everything that we do in our lives is all based on a perspective that we're choosing to have. Yeah. And sometimes like Sabrina talked about those mental blocks that we're not even aware that they're there. We think of them like the law of gravity. We need someone in our life that's going to call us out and be like, you're looking at that. Yeah. In a way that's not serving you right now. How else can you look at that right. to help you feel better, experience more joy, get better results in your life? Right. And if you, whatever you wanted or whoever you wanted to become was not associated with any good or bad, right? Mm. How would that make you feel? Right. And mm-hmm. And if you didn't have to think about everyone around you, Am I still going to be considered a good person? Are people, some people going to think that I'm changing and I don't, why do I think that, that that's a bad thing? Like if none of those things existed, what would your identity look like? And these are the kind of things that you get to work on with a coach and, and being around like-minded women and being able to do that. So like the one thing looking back now, I'm happy I did all that work, which is why as a coach, I'm able to really facilitate lately. What I've been noticing is and my clients, it's so funny because sometimes they'll say something. I'm like, oh, I love this because I know exactly where you are. Like I've, I've, I've been there. I've overthought things a million times. I, I decided to, to chase clarity, something that like was going to drown me because it wasn't perfect because my ideas that I had were not really fleshed out in the way that I thought they needed to be. So all the things that really drove me nuts over the past five, couple, six years, I've been noticing coming up in my clients and it really, it doesn't bring me joy that they're struggling, but it brings me joy that I can clearly identify them and then help them move past it, you know? Yeah, I mean, the hardest part of this journey is that it breaks you before you break through. Right. So as you're really deciding who you want to be, who you're willing to let go of, Audrey and I want you to know that you do get to decide all of that on your own without worrying about the judgment of others. And again, it's all a process, but you have to start by giving yourself permission to create the identity that you want to create. And I just want to say that if you're doing or not doing something in hopes that people still think of you as a good person, you're people pleasing, (laughs) but that's a whole other conversation. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, I always think that people um, 
know everything, right? For example, like you just said, people pleasing. Like I always think like, of course, people know that they're people pleasing, but a lot of people don't really understand where things really stem from. One of my biggest things was I work good under pressure. I know I get things done under pressure. I don't know about work good. I don't know who likes to work feeling all that anxiety that things have to get done, right? The real thing is I don't want to look like I'm not going to get something done. But also I enjoy doing things at peace way more than I do under an anxious mood. Yeah, that's just the adrenaline that you're chasing at that point. And that I made myself believe is a good thing, mm-hmm. which then makes you identify as a procrastinator. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's just, it's a vicious circle. Um, but as you're ending the year, it's important for you to ask yourself, who do you want to identify as? What are the thoughts that you want to really believe, right? And just know that whatever works for you won't necessarily work for other people. What works for us won't work for you. One thing that Audrey and I have let go of this year is we don't believe in the hustle mentality. We don't believe that we have to hustle, sleep when you die mentality. But some people do, right? Some people feel like that kind of moves them and motivates them. So all of this is really a personal journey and how you want to do it. But you get to decide when to do it, how to do it. It's going to be messy. You're going to go through a trial and error period. You're going to go through a grieving period. You're going to go through a forgiveness period. Then you're going to think that the light is there and then the light's going to shut off again. I mean, Mm -hmm. if it sounds scary, it's because it kind of is, but it's worth it. You are, but then you become better equipped to handle everything else because now you're choosing better thoughts for yourself and you've created an identity for yourself as someone that knows how to handle things as they come along. Yep. So as you're ending the year, we want to just lend to you, who do you want to become? If there's parts of you that you wish you could change or you feel you're struggling in, just know that you have the choice to start small and starting to identify like a person who lives in the way that you envision kind of choices that they're making and understand that the goal, the bigger goal is the vision, right? But every day you have to ask yourself, what am I doing to contribute to that goal? So like the language, right? Yes, you want to learn a language, but every day, like, are you putting in 10 minutes to learn? Are you putting in 10 minutes to listen to a show in a different language? Whatever it is for you, right? I know you shared your story of how you see yourself as an athlete. And this is why Audrey wakes up and does what she does because she envisions herself as an athlete. And if you do that over time, you're going to show up as an athlete. Yeah. It's three components. It's the way you think about yourself. It's the language that you use and it's how you show up with your body. Right. And over time you believe it and that's who you become. What are your closing thoughts on today, Audrey? (sighs) sounds so simple but it's not give yourself grace stay listening to this podcast so that you can listen to how we've done it how our guests have done it and get yourself a coach yes get yourself a coach if you're looking for a life coach and you're looking for confidence hit up audrey audrey helped me a lot 
And if you're really looking for someone who, if you're just tired of where you are with your career or your business and you're really trying to figure out, here's what I actually want to say about that. I was thinking about that this morning. I'm always thinking about who I can help. I know there's a lot of people who have side hustles and you wish it could Mm -hmm. be a real thing, a real business that I can help you with. Because if you're showing up to your side hustle as a side hustle, then it will remain a side hustle. And there are some key components, not only from a belief standpoint, but from a strategy point, that if you want it to be a business that sustains you, it's going to require a different version of yourself. And I'm willing to work with you. It's Mm. interesting because it's very much about life and business. You get your life in order so you can get your business in order. Yeah. So we usually record these um, a couple days before we launch. So this is Friday. So you're listening to this on Friday. It's being a good day. Audrey and I will have an announcement where you will have a unique opportunity to be coached by the two of us. So Mm -hmm. stay tuned to the podcast. And if you don't follow us on IG, follow us. My handle is the Sabrina Castillo. Audrey's is Audrey.Robles. Yeah, we'll be making that announcement shortly. Like I said, individually, we would love to work with you one-on-one. But if you want this unique opportunity to be coached by Audrey and I, we'll be making this announcement this week. Yay! Yeah. So happy Friday, guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you loved this podcast, which I'm sure you do, share it with a friend. Share it on your Instagram stories, wherever you are, and tag us. We'd love to see your feedback. And if you have two minutes of your time, make sure to leave us a review. We really want to make sure that we're creating the best content that can serve you in the upcoming year. Happy Friday. Amen. Happy Friday.